0: Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who have gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to have you here on Rock Your Bossitude. I get to introduce you to a really good friend of mine, Amy Matthews.
1: Amy, how are you? I am doing fantastic today. So excited to be here and be a part of the podcast. I love that. And I appreciate you being here, my friend.
0: I'm going to take a minute and tell everybody a little bit about you and your company, and then we're going to just get right into it. All right? Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. So Amy Matthews stands out as a seasoned marketing strategist, boasting over three decades of expertise in crafting bespoke, Marketing solutions for a diverse range of organizations. From startups to established giants, Amy's foundational belief is clear every business decision should be bookended by the customer's voice and needs. This unwavering commitment to customer centricity has been the bedrock of her success. At the helm of Amy Matthews Integrated, her company, Amy has created a team that weaves creativity with data driven insights. Always aiming for excellence. Their collective passion not only enables brands to navigate, but truly thrives in the dynamic market landscape of today. Recognizing the distinct essence of each brand, Amy is a staunch advocate against the one size fits all methodology. Instead, she champions tailored strategies that resonate authentically with a brand's identity and its audience. Apart from her entrepreneurial venture, Amy is the Executive Managing Director for the Atlanta chapter of E-Women Network. This multifaceted role further underscores her dedication to fostering connections, empowering businesses, and elevating brands to unprecedented heights. Amy's journey is a testament to her belief in the power of understanding customers and delivering, delivering unparalleled value. And I will tell you, that's not just BS. That is who she is. <laughs> and the last was one was not her bio. Was just a bio. That was a Talmar edit there so that we could add that. I just, I'm always impressed with how you really are just consistent in the way that you are, are you know, if vigilant is a word about making sure that we're keeping that customer voice, you know, right at the center of everything and that we're really being authentic to, to brands. I, I always admire that whenever we have great conversation.
1: Thank you so much. It is who I am at a, my core. right? Um, and we're going to talk a lot about being a boss and hiring today. And mm-hmm. I have some great tips on how to make sure that brand is at the forefront of your hiring process. Oh my gosh, girl. And you know, that's important, right? We, we're we constantly telling
0: people, you can't just hire for the position uh, success markers. There's four different ways to align. And what you're talking about is going to be that culture alignment that is so critical. So let's just get into your personal experiences first. So can you tell me a little bit about the best boss you ever had?
1: So I've been thinking about this and Talmar knows me well enough to know I'm not good with one answer. So I'm going to give... A couple quick examples because each of them formed who I am. Love it. So the first one um, there was, and you know, it's interesting. I was thinking this morning without a lot of research, I can't even remember his name. That's okay. Um, So the head of the Tennessee Aquarium, when I was an intern in college, stood, he was the head of the marketing department. He stood in the conference room and said, each and every one of you are here because you know, and are experts in your field. In in marketing, and each of us had different expertise in that broad definition of marketing. And he said, "That's what I need. I can teach you about fish, (laughs) but I need you to come knowing how to do what you do." And I've applied that in every aspect of my marketing career in the last three decades because I can learn about cosmetic dentistry, and I can learn about diamonds, and I can Mm -hmm. learn about wealth management, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I have the foundational elements of marketing, and that's what we try to teach people. I Love would it. say the next in the list was my boss at my last boss at the National Offices of the Arthritis Foundation. Yes, mm-hmm. I worked nonprofit. It was my last corporate job. And her name um, is Cindy McDaniel. She's since retired, living the wonderful life. And I'd say one of the best things about her was she also said, You are an expert at what you do. Let me know what you need. And Love it. It was a stay out of your way guide where I needed to give you a heads up. It's also where I learned keeping someone in the loop was paramount because keeping them in the loop helps with everything. And the last one I'll mention is actually more a mentor than a boss, although she was the head of a committee I was a part of. Marla Davidson, who's since retired from being the CIO of Habitat for Humanity, who really taught me this blend of technology and marketing and how they go together in meaningful ways. Mm. So those three people shaped what Amy Matthews Integrated is today. Interesting, And I'm paying I- no residuals to anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that disclaimer. It's a great one. Um, so what I heard you say is, you had bosses that really were quick to acknowledge what you could contribute to the, every team. And you appreciated a management style that allowed you to really use your own ideology, which most business owners love those kinds of bosses. And uh, and so they were just there to support you and allow you to really be as successful as you could. Does that sound consistent?
1: Absolutely. And I think for those that Aren't bosses or things yeah. you're looking for in an employee, a team member, is that nuance of teaching your team how to know when to escalate something mm. and how to know when they have accountability and authority to take care of it themselves. Yeah. And I that's something that. I. Er- learned early on. And Cindy McDaniel was a big part of that. Just keep me in the loop. Just don't ever let me walk into a meeting and be surprised. There were many a time I'd walk to the glass door of the conference room because something spun up after she went in there. And she knew if Amy's standing outside the door, I'm headed to the bathroom because I'm (laughs) about to get blindsided by something and she's not going to let that happen.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love the nuance of that. You creating those uh, opportunities to protect each other. Right. And so uh, that really comes from the boss stepping into the idea of, you know, I want to be there for you, but I can only do that when you've communicated to me that there's a change or a situation that you need me to show up differently. And so I, I think that's fantastic. That's that's good stuff, Amy. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. So can we change now, shift over to you deciding, okay, I'm leaving corporate and it's all about Amy Matthews and my company. And I'm gonna step into this boss role. Why, why specifically did you decide to make your first hire?
1: You remember? I do, actually. I made my first hire because I needed to embrace this philosophy that Sandra Yancey, the founder of eWomen Network, talks about all the time, which is do only the things that only you can do. Mm-hmm. I want to pause here and say that philosophy is a work in progress.
0: <laughs> I have To remind Again, you're myself,
1: gamers today, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about Talmar, who probably <laughs> never steps on her team's toes. <laughs> never, they're <laughs> laughing hysterically as listening. Yeah, to this. I'm sure they are. So I have to remind that self myself of that all the time. So yeah. I don't want to say it's a one and done lesson because you have to constantly say, "Why have I put my nose in the middle of this? Mm-hmm. Because I'm messing it up."
0: yeah it is and and the and the hardest part is as your position evolves right because with every hire we do different things we don't we don't just always take that space and you know go to the ocean we usually fill that space with a new service or product or initiative that we know the company can grow from and then we keep then we get ourselves back into that minutia where we're like uh this is not the CEO stuff i need to get somebody on board and and using that so I, I appreciate that it is a lesson that, and absolutely, I continually do it, right? I just recently did that. We, we shifted a, um, an event that we had coming up to uh, later in the year because it the stuff that I was doing, we didn't have the right team member yet for, and we were trying to do too many things at once, which is you know one of my big rules that I tell my clients all the time is, three, three things at a time. We can only work on three projects. That's it. And, uh, so, so yeah, I totally, I agree. It's something you have to constantly pull yourself back and go, wait, pause. What am I really doing? And what should I not be doing? And what should I only focus on? How can I be helpful in this company so that we can grow bigger, faster, and easier? right
1: absolutely and so for me and this is the other thing i want to say there is no i we said in my bio there's no one size fits all i believe that that's the same when hiring there's no one size fits all that this is the perfect first person to hire i agree i agree yeah for me it was an executive assistant nice. i needed i needed someone who could And Jill Dilbeck is my executive assistant. She is amazing. I know you are amazing. Shout out to Jill.
0: She's amazing.
1: She is amazing. And I needed someone who I felt really comfortable and safe with. And Mm -hmm. I needed someone who would smack my hand when I needed it (laughs) to say, What are you doing? Yeah. And I needed someone, quite frankly, that. I could learn how to have an executive assistant with. I had assistants that were shared administrative positions um, in my corporate roles, but I never had somebody that was just mine. Yeah. And so in some cases it's a learning curve for me too. And I will yeah. say that that I hired that position cause I needed all the little stuff off my plate yeah. that was taking too long. And there well, was so much power in being able to, Assign those tasks. We use Microsoft Planner. Assign them to her. Put notes in it. And mm-hmm. I would say eighty percent or more of the tasks I give her, I never have to go any further than what I put in Planner. I love because it. she takes it and runs with it. I love it.
0: Well, and so therein is the distinction between hiring an executive assistant versus an administrative assistant, right? And so we're always careful to remind people if we're looking for, you know, maybe we have a lower budget and we just need to. We need to give people work. An admin assistant is somebody that will be waiting for you to assign work. And that's okay. And there are definitely positions that are better served with that, definitely companies and bosses that are better served with that. Executive assistants are going to have a higher compensation model, but they're going to bring critical thinking. And, and a way of, of really helping you keep things orchestrated and moving. And to your point, if you've got a great one where you've given them permission, when I am doing things that you think you should be doing, let's have a conversation about it. You as the assistant can come to me and say, I don't think you should be doing that, Tamar. Let's talk about it. Can't that come to me now? And so and I love, love that, that we go.
1: Made that distinction because yes. So when I say I'm assigning things in planner, they're the random things that come up yeah. while I'm talking to clients.
0: And I will deadlines. say
1: this, Jill manages my email. I do on occasion, like she said to me yesterday, she goes, gee, I was in your email yesterday and all of a sudden things started disappearing. <laughs> and I said, yeah, busted. I was, well, I was waiting for something. So then yeah, I yeah. start clearing so things looking. out because I'm waiting for something. The other thing is Jill is my she is my roadblock on my calendar in a good way. Like she's, yeah. I'm trying to think of what, the gatekeeper. Thank you. Couldn't remember yeah. the name. Yeah. The gatekeeper on my calendar. And sometimes people get annoyed. They're like, can I have 30 minutes? I'm like, yeah, if you talk to Jill. Because yeah. she looks at the master plan and knows what I'm supposed to be doing. And, 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 so and you're
0: probably clear about your priorities, right? So the nice thing about an assistant that you've had and that you work together, if you can set up that communication structure correctly, is they can understand when 30 minutes for this client is critical and 30 minutes for this client is something that can wait till after this project or after this next event or what's going on. So,
1: so can I give everybody a tip of something that I do that makes it super easy for my team? And I
0: think we would all like to hear that. Yes, please. Okay.
1: So. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to scheduling and batching and understanding and prioritizing. I yeah. um, follow and have used for years the full focus planner from Michael Hyatt. I, which me is too. Now- I love it. Oh my gosh. Not I a game changer for focus. my organization. Yep. It's a big part of why I am where I am. So I have an ideal week, which is something that he teaches. Yep. My ideal week is actually documented on my calendar. Nice. I have work blocks for Mm -hmm. each of our major clients. Yep. They are marked tentative because they're work blocks. Yeah. Cause they can move a little bit. And my team knows that I, I work really early in the morning. My team knows that the first block of the day, we don't schedule anything unless it's imperative. Yep. But that the other work blocks, they find time, Jill will find time inside those blocks to do things. So today is an AMI block, Amy Matthews Integrated, yeah. which is why the podcast interview that we're doing can live inside that block because it's it. in alignment. And so she knows when she goes look and looks at it, okay, this is about this client. So maybe it's about my Atlanta Center for Cosmetic Dentistry we're going to try to put that on this day because Amy has a block here to work on that. client work, yeah. If it doesn't, then I need to give her a heads up. And sometimes before she gives me a heads up, she'll go look at Microsoft Planner and say, okay, that block is for Universal Diamonds, one of my other clients, and look at Planner and say, oh, wow, she's packed that day with stuff that has to get done. So I can't do it that day. I got to keep looking. Yep. And then we have some flex time that she can go to and never will she take from something if I, if she knows, if she Once thinks I've been five, too heavy, yeah. then she won't even take from my personal time. She'll push the person to the next week.
0: Well, and that's, and, and that is the key, right? You know, as bosses, when we start to set these structures and, and communications, especially with assistants on what each block means, right? Client block, AMI, Amy Matthews, integral, I keep saying that integrated, wrong, integrated, Sorry, integrated. Remember integrated marketing. I know, I know, I get it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Big apologies. Um, But you know, the company time. Personal time, uh, you know, it's really critical that you set a boundary with your assistants, and then then just hold to it, right? So i have I have some strategy personal time that I do every two weeks, and every now and then they're like, "Should I put it there?" And I'm like, "No, we did. We literally just don't ever use that time." And that's because if I can't create that space, the business is not going to get what it needs, right? So it's up Absolutely. to us as the boss to show for those boundaries. So so good on you for creating a structure communicating what you needed and then holding those boundaries in a way that, because what that serves the employee, she knows what's a yes and a no. She understands it sets her up for success. And so that's why I love what you just shared. Thank you for doing that, Amy.
1: I also have a, a I call her kind of my second in command. Yeah, she is. Um, she is similar in experience to me. So she can do a lot of the stuff that I can do mm-hmm. at a different level and she doesn't want to be me. So that's something Talmora actually said to me in passing. I can't remember what room we were in, what city we were in when you said to me. I said, sometimes it just shocks me. And she goes, she doesn't want to be the boss. And she actually confirmed that for me. I don't want to be you. I don't want to be yeah. any. I, no, I got nothing on that. But she's happy to make my dream come true. Yeah. And you know, she knows my calendar as well. And yeah. so when she needs something, she will go to Jill and Peyton will say, I need to talk about this client. That's a Tuesday thing. Can you put me in that block? Yep. yep. Because she knows that. Or she can say, heads up team, I got a break with the block because this is, I Critical. need 15 minutes.
0: Yep. Yeah. Right. And it, that's it a, is yeah, amazing good... how
1: much better things run when you do that.
0: Yeah. Again, you've given, it's telling them how to be successful and so much of you know, yeah. creating that process and structure and communicating it and then holding to it. It's when we make a rule and then we're like, well, not in this case and not in that case, let's make this exception. So then the team is like, wait, is this a rule or is it not a rule? And it doesn't serve anybody anywhere. So it's okay to change rules. Say, I know we were said we were going to do this, but let's do it this way going forward. But that's that's where you can get a a, a team that can be, have some autonomy of decision-making Absolutely. because they understand what the priority is for you as the boss. And I love that. And a second in command, boy, that's another conversation. We'll, we'll schedule that for a different day. I would love to go deeper on that with you, but tell me a little bit about this. So what do you wish you had known about being a boss
1: before you got the title? <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to treat it as my second Life of being a boss because I was okay, a boss in corporate America. Different, and suit. that was a very different experience because I was a boss, but I wasn't mm-hmm. responsible for putting food on everyone's table. Uh huh. Yep. And those are two very different mindsets. So 100%. I want to say that if you've been and had direct reports in a corporate world, do not believe it will look and feel the same way when people work for your company. Agreed. Agreed. So the one thing I wish I had learned faster. is that my team often does amazing things by getting things 80% done for me. Ah, perfection. Because the amount of time they save me in only having to do the last 20%, Mm -hmm. in the past, I would have saw that as, I mean, let's call it what it is, a failure. I would have seen it as a failure. Mm-hmm. Now I see it as a huge success. And yeah. one of the things that we did internally, because I am that nerd, is we calculated based on our revenue, based on my contribution, what every minute of my time is worth to the company Fantastic. from a revenue generating perspective. Fantastic. I love that. And we talk, communicated that to the team. So they know if I'm asking for an hour of Amy's time, I'm basically deducting that from revenue unless it's revenue generating. And so when they save me, let's say 80% of that hour, and now I'm not going to do the math. That's um, okay. I went to think how much they're saving me. Yeah. And so when I shifted that mindset, A, they started producing things that were way over 80%. Yeah. Cause they can't. Yeah. Because they stopped trying to make it perfect. Yes. And they started getting it to me sooner. They started yeah. asking for feedback along the way if right. they could ask a question that would move it along. Yeah. So that's thing one. Thing two is I am fast paced. I, I know Tellers nothing like me. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm always on to the next thing in my head. Mm-hmm. Get it? Which I know also you cannot identify with. Cannot, no, nobody would ever say that about me. I've, I wish I had thought earlier. So I know how to be a nice person. I'm a nice person. <laughs> you are a very nice person, Amy. And yes. I care about people. Yes, you do. I wish I had reminded myself sooner to show that more in a day because I'm laser focused on what's yeah. next and moving forward with that. And so I realize now that, and have done a better job of calling them out when they do a great thing.
0: Right. It's so, you know, um, and I I think this is true for the majority of business owners out there, right? We are so driven by, it's not just the to-do list. It's driven by, we could achieve more if I can get more done. And we underestimate the value of taking three to five minutes at the beginning of a meeting to talk about how someone's cat is feeling because the cat was sick. We underestimate the value of pausing to say, you know, you seem a little stressed today. Is everything okay? The value of being in that personal relationship in addition to achievement, it comes back exponentially. So I totally understand that. And, and the way I always illustrate it for people is I still to this day, and I, my team, I will tell you, I think that they think I'm a, i am aii know that they think I'm a great boss, but I will tell you that I still to this day, start the email with do the thing. Every email I write is do the thing. I want this thing, do this thing. And then I pause and I go back. Hello, how are you today? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this thing. And then I go to the end. Oh my gosh, can't wait to see you at blah, 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 blah. And thanks for oh everything. God, yeah. And you're a rock star. And I throw all that in afterwards, but it always to this day, do the thing, pause, go back and fill in the actual human interaction, the caring part. Cause I do care. The being a person point. part.
1: Yeah. We do care. So I'm going to give you guys your value. Two funny examples. One, not a funny example, but Dr. Elizabeth Rosner, my chapter, everybody knows her, Dr. Ross. She's amazing. And she always talks about leading with love. And so right. I've done a really effort into going back and adding that love to things. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I started my first corporate career in a large regional bank. So yeah. it was an all-male, mostly white, very conservative Bank and I was in my early twenties. It yeah. was, you know, and I came to the interview in a lime green and navy blue suit. Yes. <laughs> um, and got the job. So I transitioned from that into the nonprofit seg sector. I did some time in the retail sector before that at yeah. in the retail corporate office.
0: Yeah.
1: But the interesting thing when I went to the nonprofit sectors, I had to learn that meetings didn't start before we talked about the latest shoes somebody had and the new handbag yep. somebody had and my corporate self was like are you <laughs> kidding me i now have to plan an agenda yeah. with enough time in the front for us to talk about where you ate dinner last night i made dinner myself and went to bed early getting ready for the work day cuz we had this meeting yeah. right i have to remind myself of that yeah. i have to remind myself to pause and be a person yeah it's and important when I, yeah when i do that it's great and sometimes which happened recently i had to say to one of my team members I heard something happened. I want to hear about it. We don't have time right now. 100%. We we're hosting a big event. I want to hear about it later. And then I made a point to circle back. You've got the to put the follow up in there because yep. the Event ran the whole till the end of the week, and I left her alone over the weekend to say, "Now tell me what happened."
0: Yeah, I want to hear. Her. Now I have the space to be able to appreciate and laugh along with you without throwing up because I'm worried about this other deadline, right?
1: Exactly, and because yeah. I didn't want to, you know. Yeah. Why ask if I'm just going to sit there and go? Great, can we move on?
0: I agree. I agree, and I
1: and I'll go through these five
0: things it's a great, it's a great habit to build for yourself. Yeah. And it, it's really critical in the delivery of it, right? If we're going to, if we're going to give them the space, we do have to be sincere in that moment of saying, I really do want to hear about it. But right now I am so focused on something. I won't be able to enjoy hearing about it. Can we do this later? Right. And as you mm-hmm. do that more and more, your team will understand it. And I think that that's a, that's a, I would call that a boss move, Amy. I there love you it. Go. So wh- tell me, what was the biggest benefit for you once you started hiring? Once you had one or two people on your team, what was the biggest benefit that you
1: were like, oh, that's why hiring is good? So this is really interesting. We are in a pivotal stage and about to launch in 2024 new things. in our So exciting. Company. And one of the things that I have learned, and we were having this conversation, so my husband works in my company as well, and we are great partners in things. And he made the comment, he said, yes, we're going to do more. He said, but because we're structuring the team and already know what we're hiring next.
0: Yes, yes.
1: The doing more and growing more revenue is going to result in, wait for it, people, Amy doing less. Love it. I love it. And, I mean, that's like this mind-blowing thing where you're like, wait, I can earn more and do less. Yes. Right. and it, And it was very interesting to do that and really think about things because my team at every stage allows me to do more. It allows me to serve my clients at a different level because I'm not marred in the details all the time. There are still some things that I prefer to do myself. I'm a big, and this is, it it is only for some things. I'm a big do it myself the first time. I get that. want to understand what it is. Now I will say we also build websites. I do not build websites the first time. I'm not, <laughs> I do not have the bandwidth to learn how to do that. Yeah, and that's I a whole have lot a team on. that does that. Yeah. Um, and it, then it would make it much less fun to push the envelope and say, can't we just? <laughs> You're like, if I don't know <laughs> so the way, like, okay, I'm always we'll asking how to work Yeah. 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 No, I love that. I so I a team love- allows yeah. you, some people think a team takes away from your money. Yeah. And I would say that when you hire the right team members, they increase your revenue exponentially. They do.
0: I, I, You know that I, I mean, there is such a thing as over-hiring. It usually comes at times of rapid growth and not working with somebody to really think about the organizational structure, or more importantly, not taking the time to understand how many new projects require what roles. That's a yeah. big talk we could do some other time on hiring triggers. That's what we call it at Boss Actions. but. But yeah, I think that that is a a falsehood that is literally my mission (laughs) to get out there and tell everyone it does not... More people should not mean less profit. It really should not. It should increase your profit, even if they're an operational person, because now you have the space to be more in the sales or the space to be more in the opportunities that are
1: generating big revenue, right? When I want you to think about, and your listeners to think about it this way, more profit isn't just a dollar sign at the bottom. Yeah. Because even if in the interim, you don't pay yourself more than you did before, but you are working less. That's money. Your return is better. That's yes. money in the bank because now you have more time. Yeah. You know, and, and I, some people are also involved, like I am, in an organization yeah. where you have a volunteer team as well. Yeah. And it's about inspiring them to follow you where you lead. Mm-hmm. We had a great example of that this week. My daughter is into archery. Love it. And she came to me, she very rarely asks, which most of my team know because they know her well. She asked specifically that I be at a national tournament in January. That's and funny. my assistant said, Amy, our meeting for eWomen Network is that Thursday. And I said, Well, we gotta move it. I I said, I don't wanna move it. This is hard. We got to move it. And then she said, well, you got a meeting the following week that you committed for a whole day with a client. And I went to my leadership team and said, we have two choices. I can skip me as thing, which I'm willing to do for the community. Not or We idea. can meet on a Wednesday. And my texts flooded with everyone going, absolutely not. That's not even you. a discussion. We are moving the meeting to Wednesday. And so we moved it because everybody knew and was in alignment and wanted to follow and we're ready to do it. They nice. were
0: ready to do it. Nice. And,
1: so, and it was also my team looking out I said, I don't know why we're even talking about this. You're not missing it. We're going to yeah, figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that's, you know, that's the thing I think. So what I heard you say is, I looked at my resources of time and energy and what we had, and I recognized that I'm allowed to put my family first. I mean, that's the point of becoming a boss and being a business owner. Is we want that autonomy of time and money and resources and how we work and when we work, and and if if we can't be there during these national moments for our kids and our friends and our family then we are we have it all backwards you're you know then if you don't have the space and the team behind you to support that then you're just running and and it's burning you out for no good reason it's we work hard as a business owner to get to that space to create those opportunities of being where we want when we want so i am super impressed i love that you
1: have a team well, around you both a
0: voluntary team and your professional that is amazing they, they held that space
1: faster than I did.
0: Yeah, they will if you've got the right team. They, yeah. They're looking out for, they, they lo- you know, if you are a boss that appreciates and validates the contributions, they're looking for other opportunities to do that. And I am so grateful that you have the right people around you, yeah. my friend.
1: And everyone on my team has kids and that helps because yeah. I'm flexible with that. Yeah. You know, it's I not uncommon that. for me to get an email going, I am on my way to school to pick up a sick child.
0: Yeah. And and you're you know, like, we have the space to do that. You built a business that allows you to do that. Right. Exactly.
1: And they uh, get I, their stuff done when they get their stuff done. As, as long as they meet their deadlines, it's good. That's perfect. Good. I have a team member on her way to Ireland today with her husband. And we worked really hard to batch a bunch of stuff ahead of time. And we looked at it yesterday, Peyton and I looked at it yesterday. What do we need to, what's going to come up? And we've made it so that the things that could come up while she's gone are easy for us to fix. So I have a content creator on my staff and yep. that's the one that's taking the time to go to Ireland, which I love that she's doing that. Yeah. Something that her husband got from his job. And so this was a great way to do that. To support her, right? and again- To support her. Yeah,
0: As you get a larger team and you have redundancies, which it doesn't sound necessarily that you're trying to cover her work while she was gone. You're trying to create a way to get the work done and know that any support she needed in that time period would be minimal, but now you, you're able to cover it. So I love that. I think that's yeah. rock star bossing, my friend. Thank so I was going to ask, when it gets hard and rocky and the team is not jiving or there's personal stress going on. How do you self talk yourself through being the boss that you know
1: your business needs? Okay. So shameless pluck for a community that we're both a part of in that I don't often have to self talk because I'm a part of eWomen network. Yeah. And I'm a platinum member in eWomen Network. And I have built resources of other bosses out there that I can pick up the phone and I can call and first be angry or <laughs> yep. sad yep. or all of the above. Yeah. And then the wonderful thing about it is the Talmars of the world, the Betsy Clarks of the world, mm, the yeah. Veronica Bonds of the world, Yep. they don't say, oh, you're so right. They say, all right, are you done? <laughs> valid, points, but- valid points. Valid points. <laughs> now, have you thought about this? And then yeah. I'm like, Okay. And inevitably, they help me hold a mirror up and see the ways that I could do differently. One of the one of the leads that I work with at the Atlanta Center for Cosmetic Dentistry, Jamie Livermore, yeah, she I says, I always ask myself first when something's gone wrong, what mm-hmm. could or should I have done differently? Love it. And I think as a boss, you learn a lot by that. It's not that you're excusing someone's mistake, misstep, or ineffective Inevitably, if something yeah. bad, because we've all yeah. been in places where at least most of us have been in places where we hire, we've also had to fire.
0: Yes, and sure. I
1: think that being able to do that introspection moves things forward, I love and that. it allows you to do that. And having a community, because leadership can be lonely, having yeah. a community to be able to do that is amazing. Yeah, I agree.
0: I and 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 it's you know there's, there's so many opportunities. I am a proud eWomen network uh, member and the platinum member in that. And I, I, I've told stories many times about how that group has helped me personally, not just professionally in very deep and powerful ways. So get your community, get your tribe around you. And, and they're the people that can help you through those moments because you're going to have days when it feels like, you know, the team's not jiving or things aren't getting done and you feel like you've said it all the right way and, you know, you need to have a way to process it and get yourself back. So I love that you rely on your tribe for that. That's a, that's a really good one. And, and so now if we're talking about hiring, one of the most common things, especially at Boss Actions, we work with people on interview questions. So I love to ask every boss, What is your favorite interview question when you are going through your vetting process of
1: finding someone onto your team? Do you have a favorite? Um, Well, I don't ask it the same way every time. That's okay, because I don't. I'm not a scripted girl. I don't like to be scripted. Don't hem me in. Um, So we are obviously based on everyone heard my bio, a customer driven organization. Yeah. So I tend to ask questions. About how they deal with customer issues. And here's why I am a firm believer that no one is perfect. Oh, Amen. I say thinking I should be, but try not no. to weigh that on myself. Not real, not um, real. That's a, I have a, I have a friend who says she's a recovering perfectionist. I think many of us are. Yeah. Anyway, so I try to really think about you're not going to be perfect. We're going to make a mistake. Yeah. It's how a company deals with the mistakes as opposed to how they committed the problem. So I ask questions about that. Tell me about something where and whether, and I might ask it some days an error was made or we missed Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. How did you handle that? If their answer is a lot of, they did it, this person did it pointing fingers in all these different directions, then they're not my person. If their answer is somewhere along the lines of, We owned it. Yep. We fixed it. Mm -hmm. If it's fixable. And what does that mean? Yeah. And then we figured out how to make it so it is less likely to happen ever again. So you have those three things. We owned it. We fixed it. And when I say we owned it, not just internal, we acknowledged to the customer. Yeah, Yeah, I messed up. Yeah. I messed up. We messed up. We made a mistake. We fixed it. And sometimes you own it internally. The customer never needs to know because you're able to fix it in a way that Before it didn't it goes out to them. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so yeah. we can do that. And really, how do we not let it happen again? Yeah. And yeah. there are times where it's come to the point where we've looked at it, Peyton and I've looked at it, and we've said, we can't guarantee 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's not real. And, yeah. And, and that's okay because the ones we're talking about we can nearly guarantee a hundred percent on the stuff that's really big. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and the rest we're going to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's how I want to know how do they, how do they face adversity? Mm-hmm. And that is, adver- nobody likes to admit they did something wrong.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's one of ours too. We, we like to ask questions about, especially if you've got a detail oriented position you're hiring for, it's tell me about the last time that you found something was, you know, a mistake or Or that you miss gathering all the data, depending on the type of role. So I love those kinds of questions. I think they're really strong and they allow people to admit the human side of them. And, you know, perfectionists are very easy to spot because they're going to go, well, I don't really, I'll have to think about it because I really don't let things go until it's perfect. And what that says to you, if you have a position that you don't have infinite amount of time on projects, this might not be the best hire for you because and I'm their perfectionism is going to slow things down. You yeah, don't have I, infinite time. I agree. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are certain roles, you know, if it was a brain surgeon, I kind of want them to be a little methodical. Exactly. But and, that's and, a different you're talking about hire. a
1: quality control specialist. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: So yeah. let me ask this. What do you love about being the boss of your team right now?
1: I love the how energetic and excited they are about oh, what's coming next. Nice. That's it's, fantastic. It took me a long time to realize that, and this is the entrepreneur in me. I think Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Why wouldn't you want to be an entrepreneur? This is the most amazing thing ever. And then I have to remind myself, I think the the man that founded LinkedIn said, you know, most people don't want to be an entrepreneur to work more than they've ever worked in their life for the potential to have a life they never could have had before. Exactly. And I I butchered his
0: quote, but- No, no, it totally, it made sense. I'm with you. It's, there's no guarantees in being an entrepreneur. And
1: so- Yeah, and especially- and each of my teammates has a different role in that. Peyton is my, all right, I don't know how we're going to do it, but here, grab my hand. We're going to jump and build the parachute on the way down. Yeah. And, and we're she's the one ready to leap off the cliff. And she's my process person that'll then be yelling out to everybody. Or she'll she say, that, yeah. you jump and I'm building it while you're on the way down. Yeah, or that's great. Up, Or whichever direction, you know, moving to the next level. And so I think it's seeing their excitement in what's yeah. next for us. I love that, and that's again a
0: testament to you as a boss because you're sharing that vision you're letting them know how that vision will turn into opportunity and fun and success for them individually. so I think that that is one of the most joyful things about having a great team right here right now. We're all you know rowing in the same direction so so that's fantastic, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and all of your uh, boss stories. Let me just ask this last question. If people want to find you, how can they connect?
1: So I I am so excited to get to know more of your listeners and hear more about them. And one of the things I said you have to know about your customer. So I wanted to have people reach out and you can visit AMILC. Dot com forward slash boss. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to provide them all with nine or so questions that are imperative for them to know and understand their ideal customer, because mm-hmm. then they can be able to explain that to their team. I love it. That's fantastic. So amilc.com forward slash and we will have a link in our
0: show notes too. So everybody, uh, you can go to the to the show notes and you can grab that offer. I'm so grateful to Amy for your time, for you taking care of our bosses so they can connect better with their customers and really for sharing just so openly. Thank you for being on Rock Your Bossitude. It has been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: Bye, boss on. Thanks for tuning into another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag rockyourbossitudepodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on.